Ask not what your podcast can do for you. <laughs> Ask what you can do for your podcast. Yeah, what are you guys going to do for us? <laughs> you could leave a review. Leave a review. Subscribe. Subscribe. And keep listening. <laughs> and keep listening. And email us or reach out if you have questions or ideas for new episodes. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah. So welcome back. <laughs> We've uh, been slacking a little bit the last couple of weeks. <sighs> Sorry about that. I feel like that's my fault. We went to New Orleans and it was amazing. And then we got back and life caught up with us. Yeah. We had to catch up on a bunch of stuff. So, But we're back now. Yep. And we're here to talk about Washington, D.C., one of our favorite cities. One of our favorite cities, which, sadly enough, we haven't been to together. Yeah. Which is really a bummer, mm -hmm. but we love it there. Yeah, we both love it. Um, hey, Haley. What? <laughs> what's the difference between playing baseball and serving in Congress? Helmets. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When you're playing baseball, you can get thrown out for stealing. Oh, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I thought that was going to be like, okay, in baseball, you do this. In Congress, I mean, it would just be the opposite. Well, yeah, because yeah, in baseball, you get thrown out for stealing. But in Congress, you don't get thrown out for stealing. Yeah. Do you get it now? Yes. I got it to begin with. <laughs> we should edit that. Let's go, Lundbergs. We have the world to see with your hosts, Mike and Haley. For travel advice you've never heard, let's go, Lundbergs. Yeah, so Washington, D.C. D.C. Yep. Washington, D.C. is a place where we actually each lived briefly. Not together. Yep, not this... together, not even at the same time. We didn't even know each other when nope. we lived in D.C. Nope. We lived there a couple years apart. Yeah, we were both doing internships there through the same program at the at the university where we went. Yep. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. We both loved it. Yeah. Um, both made friends that we're still great, dear friends with today. Shout out to my Washington, D.C. roommate, Janet. She <laughs> is one of my favorite people. And and we've even talked about Ryan Kelly before on the podcast. It's true. That's have. where I met that's where I met Ryan Kelly. Yep. So. And we love him too. Yeah. So one of the great things about DC, we're just going to jump right in. I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> one of the great things about DC is there is so much free stuff. Yeah. It's there, really nice that there's way. There's so many things to do and see that don't cost you a thing. Um well, at least not right now. Maybe when you, you know, paid your taxes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, again, you know, all the stuff on, the, most of the stuff on the National Mall, totally free. So, you know, you've got your Lincoln Memorial, Washington Monument, Jefferson Memorial, all free. Um, Which is pretty amazing when you think about it. I mean, when you think about every other, like, big metropolitan area in the United States, that's... That's pretty amazing that there's that much free stuff to mm -hmm. do in D.C. as a tourist. Yeah. Another thing that's way cool is the Smithsonian. Totally free. Smithsonian's. All... Yeah, I'm Smithsonian's. Because <laughs> there's a lot of them. Um, what's your favorite Smithsonian, Haley? I really like. I really like natural history. Natural history is good. Do you just like it because of the Hope Diamond? Yes. <laughs> 
No, I like it because, so while I was living in D.C., um, my roommate Janet was working for the Smithsonian. She did an internship with them. And as part of her internship, they basically came to all the employees and said, hey, we need some volunteers to help us with the Smithsonian sleepover. And we were like, what does that even mean? So she asked me if I wanted to help. And basically they had, um, a, parents could pay a grundle of money for <laughs> them to go with their kids and have a sleepover in the natural history museum and we got to we got to teach them about the north atlantic right whale it's the giant whale that they have hanging from the ceiling or had i guess anyway um yeah it was really fun it was basically like night at the museum in real life was was owen wilson there no was robin williams there no was ben stiller there no was dick van dyke there no (laughs) but i was there and janet was there and that was super fun oh okay cool um the natural history one is is cool. I bet you can guess which one is my favorite. Uh, American History. Yes, the American History <laughs> that Museum. One is, that's probably my second favorite. Where else can you see Abraham Lincoln's hat? And Kermit. And Kermit the Frog. They're like right next to each other. <laughs> yeah. So many cool things. Just, you know, you get to see Fonzie's jacket, Jerry Seinfeld's puffy shirt. Yep. And those are literally all in like the same room. All of those things. Yeah. <laughs> I love the American President's exhibit, though. And you love the First Lady's dresses. The First Lady's dresses, dresses were amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, Michelle Obama has really big feet. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I learned. You can tell that from her dress? You can tell that from her. So they have their shoes on display, too. Oh, right. <laughs> and she has, I swear, they're like size 14. They're really big. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, we'll just end it right there on that one. Um the Air and Space Museum is also really cool. Yeah. You can see the Spirit of St. Louis and the Wright Flyer and um, Apollo 11 stuff, which I think is really cool. Yeah. The, so, yeah. All that, all the rocket ship stuff was neat. Yeah. And again, all free. Yeah. So great. Which is really amazing. Um, other cool things that are free that you can do in D.C. is uh, tours of the U.S. Capitol building, which um, the best way to go about doing that is reserving your spot ahead of time because um if you don't reserve it then there's not as good a chance that you're going to be able to get in because they only have a limited number of people that they do it for uh the way to reserve it is by contacting your uh representative in congress or your senator and uh, basically you can get a tour through them as well so when i was an intern in uh, dc i actually interned for my uh, senator and I got to take people on tours of the U.S. Capitol, and that was actually my favorite part of the job because <laughs> I got to meet all these people and I get to go. I got to go talk about history and tell cool stories, and I'm just totally in favor of taking a tour of the U.S. Capitol. And again, it's free. You mm-hmm. just have to. It takes a little bit of planning, but not not anything. You don't have to jump through any crazy hoops to make it happen. Yeah, so definitely recommend that. Another tour that you should take but need to do some planning for is a tour of the White House. You cannot just show up at the White House and and expect to get a (laughs) tour. You have to book it at least 21 days in advance. um, or And the earliest you can do it is three months in advance. And the best advice I can give is to do it further out, like as far in advance as you possibly can because, again, there's only a limited number of people they let take the tour, and so it's first come, first serve. 
Um, another thing to be aware of, uh, so again, you book that through your member of Congress, um, either the House or the Senate, just contact them. Uh, you can do it through their website probably. Uh, another thing to know about that one is you need to bring a photo ID and your name, it's just like the airport, your name on the photo ID has to match the name on your reservation. And another important thing to remember is you can't bring bags because there's no place to even leave them. So when I did a tour of the White House, I missed that rule. <laughs> and I showed up uh, in the morning. It was the same time as a coworker of mine, and I had my bag for work. And they wouldn't let me in. The Secret Service would not allow it. So what we had to do is um, my, friends went, my friends went out of the tour, and I waited outside. <laughs> and then they came out. And I gave them my bag, and then I went on the tour. <laughs> oh, wow. But they actually just went straight to, because it was friends from work, so they just went straight to work with my bag. So they didn't wait for me, but I had to go by myself. So Aww, poor I Mike. Sad, right? I would have gone with you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and again, that's, everything we're talking about, or everything we've mentioned so far, is free. Just the last two, the tour of the Capitol and the White House, take a little bit more planning, but take advantage. Do do your homework and or just listen to what we have to say because we've already yeah. done the work for you. You don't even have any homework to do. Yeah. Other than like find out who your senator is. <laughs> that might be a homework assignment. Yeah, you'll have to you can Google that pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. As long as you know where you live, you can find it <laughs> right. out. <laughs> right. So away from the National Mall, and I should I kind of want to talk about this because before I lived in D.C., I didn't know. I was probably just dumb. I didn't know. The National Mall isn't a mall. It's not a shopping mall. It's not a shopping mall. <laughs> it's just, it's a big um, area of land. It's like a park. Yeah, it's kind of like a park. It's kind of like Central Park. Less trees. More monuments. More monuments. But it's not a shopping mall. It's just a long, walkable monument Strip area. Strip of grass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just something to know. And again, I'm probably just the <laughs> dumbest person, but I didn't know that before I lived there. So keep that in mind. If people are talking about the mall or the national mall, it's not a shopping place. Don't, I mean, there's probably gift shops somewhere. But... You'll be sorely disappointed <laughs> yeah. if you're looking for an H&M at the top of the Washington <laughs> Monument. Yeah, it's not there. <laughs> so um, if you get away from the national mall and kind of get into some other parts of the city. Um, there's some other still free, really cool things that you can do. So the National Zoo um, in Washington, D.C. is also part of the Smithsonian uh, conglomerate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Smithsonian family. Um, so that means it's also completely free, which it is like one of my favorite zoos that I've ever been to. And the fact that it's free just makes it that much cooler. They do have pandas. It's one of the... It's one of the two zoos in the United States where they have pandas and they're really cute. And it's, it's great. We loved it. I, when I lived there, it was summertime. And so we went late summer. So it was, I mean, it was hot. It was pretty muggy. Um, but like, I couldn't even be mad because it was just, it was a great, great experience. And again, totally free and really nice on my, um, intern wages budget, which intern wages, in DC for me were nothing, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not bitter. It was a great experience. Um, and then there's also the National Cathedral, which is a beautiful um, place. It's outside the city as well, or not outside the city, but 
not away from the mall not on not on the mall so you will have to take a train or drive out there um also the national cathedral not free not free but i think it's still worth it i don't think it's super expensive um and yeah i i really liked it they've got cool gargoyles and some other fun stuff they have a gargoyle in the shape of darth vader's head and i never saw it but Mm. i heard about it it's there (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird it was like a contest winner some kid won a contest and And he got a darth vader gargoyle (laughs) and now that kid is 40 years old and (laughs) doesn't regret his choice in the least no he's really thrilled about that so (laughs) national cathedral really cool um arlington national cemetery is also a great great place um it's free yes right okay arlington cemetery is free yeah um that you can see um where jfk is buried and the eternal flame they have for Mm -hmm. him uh for me though the best part of arlington national cemetery is the tomb of the unknown soldier yeah that was cool and watching i I think that watching the changing of the guard at the tomb of the unknown soldier is really cool and, and worth it yeah so I don't know what your thoughts are on yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it. We, uh, To be honest, we didn't spend a ton of time out at Arlington. We had, I think it was just a really full day, and we had other stuff that we were trying to get to. But the parts of it we did see, I mean, we saw the changing of the guard um, at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and I, I thought it was moving and really cool. Um, the whole cemetery is cool. It's, a, it's astounding, like, how many people are buried there um, and just – Definitely makes you appreciate the people that have served in the military. Yeah, one thing to keep in mind, too, when going to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, you see these signs that basically say, uh, ask you for uh, ask people to be quiet and reverent and respectful. They're not kidding. Like, if, yeah. you, if you get noisy, the guards will yell at you. So yeah. don't, be the pers- <laughs> don't be the tourist that gets yelled at by the guard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. And then um, Georgetown University or neighborhood? The neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we I love Georgetown. Me we, too. Um, the, and again, we lived there at separate times, but because we went through the same university program, we lived in the same kind of apartment complex, just kind of on the outskirts of Georgetown, I would say. Like, kind of just... It's off. just over the bridge for Yeah, it. just over the bridge. And... It was great. There's tons of fun shopping. And I mean, it's it's right by the university. So there's going to be lots of um, fun places to eat and fun shopping. Bars. Um, bars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And just has, has a very different vibe than the rest of D.C., mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it's like the college hangout yeah. type place. And there's also some pretty fancy shopping there, too. Yeah. So That's where the serendipity is, mm-hmm. if you're interested. And that's where the the Five Guys is too. But you know, back when I lived there, Five Guys was less common than now. So <laughs> yeah, I loved the Five Guys. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, which is not not really not even in the city. No, it? it's not. Um, Mount Vernon. So it's George Washington's house, <laughs> and it was so cool. I had. I don't know why, but I had very low expectations when we went out to Mount Vernon and it was so fun. The grounds are beautiful. It's on, is it, it's on the river? Yeah, it's right on the river. I couldn't remember if that was a river or a lake, but there's no lake. So it was the river. (laughs) Okay. Side story. When I went there with my 
intern friends as we were pulling up. Um, this one girl from California looked and went, ooh, a lake. And we're like, no, sweetie, that's a river. I knew it was on a body of water. And I, if I had taken more than two seconds to think about it, I would have remembered that it was a river. But I didn't take more than two seconds. So I just sounded like an idiot. But Mount Vernon is awesome. Um, also not free, but free on President's Day and also really busy i'm sure on president's day but it is Mm -hmm. free that day yes and i've been on president's day and it's actually pretty cool because and it was fairly busy but it wasn't like out of control now keep in mind this was several years ago but um i really enjoyed it and they had like a lot of cool ceremonies like um they had some uh, revolutionary war reenactors out on the lawn doing things and uh if you went out to washington's tomb which is on the grounds uh, we were out there and actually saw them open up the gates to the tomb Whoa. for a Washington descendant to go in and place some flowers on uh, on the general's grave. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about my favorite thing. Let's talk about the food in D.C. Yay! <laughs> um, so when I was there, and this was a couple years ago, so it may be different now, but... I have to imagine there's still some element of this. Um, when I was there, food trucks were just coming on the scene and they were like exploding in popularity. And there was any kind of food that you could imagine, there was a food truck for it. So m- some of my favorite ones, there was a cupcake truck, which was great. Um, there was a mac and cheese truck mm. that had like different kinds of mac and cheese. And the my favorite one was like, just a traditional mac and cheese, but it had like cheese it crumbles on top. It was so good. That sounds good. Anyway, they were all over the National Mall. Um, it yeah, they were everywhere, mm-hmm. and I loved, loved, loved that. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and there's not like really a a specific like traditional food associated with DC like there are with some other cities, but. Yeah. Um, one of the great things about D.C., though, is there's an, an enormous variety of types of places. Yeah. So when I lived in D.C., there was a group of us that um, we kind of did a, a kind of a club of sorts where um, every week we'd try to go to a different type of, you know, ethnic restaurant. And, uh, you know, we you know, we went to a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown, but we also tried like a Vietnamese place and Ethiopian and uh, there was like a Thai place right next door that we went to. So there's lots of different types of options of food in D.C. if you you know want to go out and, and look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ended up eating a lot of things that I'd never tried before um, as well in D.C. And then one place that specifically a restaurant that I have to recommend. It's actually two restaurants um, called Good Stuff Eatery. Um, it's a burger place, but they also sell milkshakes that are like in my mind they're kind of the forerunner to the freak shakes that we see like with the cotton candy and the fireworks and like crazy (laughs) milkshakes that i feel like i've seen pictures of um it's brought out on a golden platter on a man riding a unicorn basically (laughs) but these are like a little tamer than that but they do have a toasted marsh toasted marshmallow milkshake say that three times fast (laughs) Um, that it, it has like a toasted marshmallow on top of it. I can't say marshmallow right now, (laughs) (laughs) but 
Don't worry about my inability to say the word marshmallow. You're just getting distracted thinking about how good it is. It is so good. Just try it Mm -hmm. and you'll understand. It brings all the boys to the yard. (laughs) Yep, definitely. (laughs) But they have a lot. If you're not into marshmallows, they have other flavors too. Um, Lots of interesting flavors. And then the burgers are great. And then next door, um, they have a place called We the Pizza, which is just funny and very DC of them to tie in um, We the People with pizza. I, I liked it. But really good pizza. We actually like the pizza more than we like the burgers. So um, some of my friends and I would go get pizza, and then we would get milkshakes next door at Good Stuff Eatery. That's a good life. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and it's right, it's right by the Capitol. Um, so it's kind of in the heart of the city, um, easy to get to, and definitely recommend if you're in D.C. It's great food. So one of the things that uh, you know we definitely ought to talk about, too, is the best way to get around D.C. Yep. Like a lot of the places we've talked about, public transportation is probably your best bet, mm-hmm. specifically the metro. And the metro is awesome. It's clean. It is so clean, you guys. It's great. It's a nice metro, <laughs> and it's not like a huge one like New York's or, or Paris. It's a pretty small, easy-to-manage, easy-to-understand metro system. Yeah. One thing that I will say, too, that somebody told me very early on in D.C., if you are on an escalator getting up or down into the metro, you... If you're going to stand and not walk, stand on the right side because you will actually get run over by people who are walking on the left. Just like the London Underground. Just like the London Underground. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was something that was very handy to know early on because I saw it happen. Like I saw people just get like plowed over (laughs) because they were standing on the left side. It seems to be a pretty international thing because even the St. Petersburg Metro... Same thing. You stand on the right, you walk on the left. Yeah. Yep. So um, the metro is awesome. And a day pass is um, $14.50, And that's that's okay if if you are just there for two days. But if you're there for um, three days or more... um, there's so they offer two different seven day pass options there's a fast trip pass and there's a short trip pass um and you can find all of this online but the short trip pass is 36 dollars um and it lasts for seven days but there are time restrictions so it's basically the rush hour times are the times when they're going to charge you more to ride um like before 9.30, and then I think it's like from, I think it's 3 to 7 p.m. Yeah. Or kind of those rush hours where it's going to, they're going to take a little bit more off your card. Yeah. And then the fast trip pass is fifty nine twenty five, um, and it's totally unlimited for seven full days. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so just depends on what you're going for, what you're, um, how long you're there for, what you think you're going to do or see. If you are renting a car, um you know, maybe, maybe a one day pass would be all you need or, you know, you can, there could be any number of variations, but yeah. And I think it's just, it's smart to maybe try to pl- like do the math also. Yeah. Like if you're only going to be there one day, like, you know, maybe look into how many trips on the, on the Metro you're going to take and do the math and see if it's even worth buying the full one day pass or if it's going to save you money to just 
pay for each individual trip. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely easiest way to get around is the metro. Um, If you're going to be doing the mall, it's probably best to just kind of walk the whole thing. Yeah. So hopefully your legs are young enough to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, between the mall and the Smithsonian's, there's there's a good amount of walking Mm -hmm. if you're in D.C. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yep. And, well, it's now it's now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Yay! It's Mike's Book Corner. Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> Mike's <laughs> gonna talk about books. Yes. So again, I've been doing my research and learning about uh, different books for DC, and I came up with a few. Uh, one I found that looked pretty interesting to me is called Grand Avenues: The Story of Pierre Charles L'Enfant, the French visionary who designed Washington D.C. So basically, Washington, D.C. was it didn't exist when the country was founded and it was built for the sole purpose of being the nation's capital. Hmm. And um, George Washington personally asked uh, Pierre L'Enfant, who uh, was a a French uh, soldier in the American Revolution, um, to work on designing the new capital. And so uh, he's basically the reason that, you know, Washington is laid out the way that it is. Hmm. And it's just, I think it would be an interesting story to read about, because I've heard a lot about L'Enfant and uh, his work in designing the city. And D.C. has a very unique design. Yeah. And so I would be interested to read and learn more about that. But that, again, is called Grand Avenues, and it's by Scott W. Berg. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes. Yes. Uh, Another book that... uh, isn't quite as um i guess so if if the grand avenues book is kind of singing dc's praises this second book (laughs) uh is maybe giving more of the salacious side of the history (laughs) of the city it's called empire of mud the secret history of washington dc i just like that name (laughs) i know it's it's all it's all about the fact that you know dc was built on a swamp and the idea that nothing changed over the years and you know a there's uh, backdoor political shenanigans and um, madams and uh, who run houses of prostitution and and uh, all kinds of shady goings on in, in the history of DC. So that might be a little bit more uh, for the fans of the tabloid type reading. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Empire of Mud by J.D. Dickey. And last but not least, I just wanted to give a plug for the Jack Ryan novels <laughs> by Tom Clancy. That's great. <laughs> Which mostly take place in D.C. and the surrounding area, but they're all very politically um, centered. It's kind of those uh, political intrigue drama novels, um, you know, Clear and Present Danger, Patriot Games, uh, Hunt for Red October. I was going to say, you're classic, missing the good one. Classic. There's a few good ones, but yeah. So if you're looking for just a light, quick read on the plane, um, I think <laughs> any any of the Jack Ryan novels would be good. They're a little dated because, you know, they were written mostly in the 80s and early 90s, but still, I think, pretty relevant and fun to read today. Yeah. Even, and, you know, you got to learn about, you know, those dirty Russian communists <laughs> in most of them. So that's yep. fun, too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for Mike's Book Corner, and uh, we're going to move into the interview portion of our program. Yay! I had the opportunity to uh, interview a friend of mine, Chris Bates. He and I 
were in the same internship program back in D.C., uh, back in our college days, and now he works on Capitol Hill. So we're going to listen to the interview that I did for him. Uh, so my name is Chris. Uh, I have lived in D.C. now for uh, a little more than seven years. Uh, I'm an attorney here in D.C. Uh, when I first moved here, I uh, spent a year working for a judge. And then I worked at a law firm for a few years and been working on Capitol Hill now for uh, about three and a half years. So sort of had a chance to experience D.C. from uh, the private sector side and now from the government side as well. It's uh, always an interesting place. Yeah, and we're really excited to have you. You know, Chris is uh, Chris and I go go way back. We did uh, an internship program together, and uh, he was the smart one in the group, and he's still the smart one today. So <laughs> there were lots of smart people in that group. <laughs> there were. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Yeah. So, um, just tell me, just just to start things off, Chris, what do you like about living in D.C.? Uh, I like that. Um, there are a lot of interesting sites in D.C., so there's all the monuments, there's the Smithsonian Museums, there's a lot of history here in the city. I like. I think it's cool, just like when I drive into work in the morning, I drive past the Jefferson Memorial, I can see the Washington Monument, uh, the Capitol, obviously, I, I, I work not too far from there. So it's fun kind of just being in the middle of all this history and then uh, being in the middle of kind of sort of the activity that happens here in the nation's capital as well. You know, so I, I, I uh, work in the Senate now, um, so I, I follow politics pretty closely, uh, both for work and also just I, I just find it to be an interesting subject. Um, so it's fun, it's fun to be here in the middle of, of sort of all of that um, as well. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of great restaurants here in D.C., a lot of good good culture and just always, just always lots of interesting things going on. So it's a, it's, 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 it's a good place. Um, if you like kind of just, you know, getting out and, and seeing, seeing stuff to do. Great. Are you living in the district right now or kind of you know, out in one of the suburbs or where are you? I live in Arlington County. Um, in uh, sort of my neighborhood is called Crystal City. So I live in Northern Virginia, uh, just like a, a mile or two from the district. Okay. That's just right across the river, right? Yes, so I live um, probably like the closest landmark to where I live is the Pentagon. I'm maybe like I don't know, like a mile south of the Pentagon. Okay, so I mean, kind of speaking of these neighborhoods, I think that uh, you know DC does have a little bit of a reputation of being unsafe in some areas. For people that aren't familiar with DC, like, are there any areas that people should avoid, or uh, maybe some good areas or neighborhoods for people that are visiting D.C. to stay in? Like, What are your thoughts on that? So pretty much all of the areas where like, there's tourist stuff to do, like the areas where tourists would tend to go, um, those are all pretty safe. Um, part of the reputation that D.C. has stems from, I would say, probably like the 90s, sort of like the late 70s through the 90s. Um, D.C. was there were a fair number of dangerous areas in D.C. I would say like over the last maybe 15 years or so, uh, crime in the city has gone down. Um, I think just, you know, I think particularly with uh, back during the recession, uh, D.C. was one of the areas of the country that was doing okay because the federal government is sort of recession-proof. Um, so um, there's a lot of neighborhoods that like 20 years ago um, might have been considered somewhat dangerous that today um, aren't really considered dangerous at all. I mean, kind of the, you know, 
down in what's called Southeast DC. Um, still, I think crime is still a problem down there and some areas up in um, Northeast DC um, aren't too safe, but there's really not a whole lot of um, like, you know, historical like monuments or museums or like the sorts of things that a tourist you see. Right. No, I, I... So basically, you know, as, as, as far as like, you know, somebody who comes to visit, you know, stuff that they're going to go see, it'll be in places where it's pretty safe. Right. Now I know, and I know that Nationals Park is in Southeast DC. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Is that something people need to be worried about if they want to go see a ball game? No, no. Um, the park is in uh, an area that's had a lot of development in recent years. Um, so it's, I mean, it's the park is a couple blocks south from the metro, and between the metro and the park is just is a bunch of new development. There's a bunch of federal offices around there actually, and there's you know hotels and um, mixed use buildings, you know, residential and commercial buildings. So if you you know I don't know walk ten minutes or twenty minutes or something. Like, you know, eat to the park, you know, I don't, you know, there might be some less, um, less safe neighborhoods, but, um, I mean, pretty much as, as long as you stay in areas that have had, you know, some recent development, um, then they're, they're generally fairly safe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, with those tourist spots, I mean, it's pretty, pretty much most, I think most people know that when you go to DC, you go to the national mall and you see the, um, the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington monument and all those things. Are there any like lesser known things maybe that uh, maybe most tourists don't know about that are worth seeing? Uh, one place that I think is really cool is called Lincoln's Cottage. It's kind of it's up in northern DC, kind of I think it's pretty close to sort of the the northern tip of the district. This is where uh, Lincoln lived during the summertime. He would actually uh, commute by uh, horse, I think, from the cottage down to uh, the White House. And so there's just a bunch of interesting history there about Lincoln and his family. Uh, so that's that's one thing that's a little bit off the beaten path that I think is kind of fun. Um, a lot of tourists go to the National Cathedral, um, but there's actually, uh, I believe, it's either the largest church, or it might be the largest Catholic church in the country is in D.C. also. It's the um, Shrine of the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception. Um, right. Just this enormous... Um, Enormous. I guess it's not a cathedral; it's a basilica, but that has just some really intricate mosaic work on the inside. Um, that's pretty. That uh, that I think is pretty interesting, and is t- tends to be less visited than the National Cathedral does. And the basilica, uh, when I went to uh, visit it, I, I drove, but I think it's pretty close to the metro, so it's it's fairly accessible. Um, another uh, memorial that I. Uh, that's one of my favorites that's, I mean, people know about it, but it's a little bit less visited because it's not metro accessible is the, and it's also not in the district is the Iwo Jima Memorial, which is on the Virginia side, uh, a little bit North of Arlington cemetery. Um, this is the, it's, it's kind of like, like the national Marine Memorial. It's a giant statue of the Marines raising the flag at Iwo Jima. It's just really large and impressive. And it's set, on an overlook looking over the Potomac. So it's just a really nice view of like the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument uh, from, from the Iwo Jima Memorial. So um, that's one that's definitely, definitely worth visiting. If you don't have a car, it's a little bit hard to get to, but um, it's pretty cool. That's cool. You know, I've been to the Iwo Jima Memorial and I've been to the um, Basilica of the Immaculate Conception, but I've never even heard of the Lincoln Cottage. That sounds yeah, cool. It's, they, uh, I want to say that uh, it was, 
was open to the public maybe like 10 years ago. So it's, um, I don't know if it was in private hands before that or just, you know, wasn't open to the public for whatever reason, but it, it, it's a little bit of a newer site. Okay. Uh, um, so. And that's yeah. just shy of when we were there. So I guess it was just yeah. after. And I've been back since then, but yeah, I'd never, I'd never heard of that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, are there, are there any sites maybe that, or attractions that might be overrated or not worth seeing? Um, I don't know that I would say that are, you know, any that are like among the more, um, you know, more popular ones that aren't worth seeing. I know people talk a lot about the, uh, the food court at the, um, uh, the National Museum of the American Indian, I, th- I think, is is the like the formal name for it. The uh, the the Native American Museum. They have a bunch of different um, types of food from different Native American tribes. That's uh, a really popular lunch place for tourists to go. And I, I've always thought it's like really overpriced and not that great. Um, so I, I guess that that that's one thing. You know, people will talk about how how cool it is, but I've always thought it's kind of kind of uh, kind of overpriced. Um, the Supreme Court uh, is cool, but if uh, if, if you kind of just go on, on the regular tour, you don't really get to see a whole lot. Maybe you might get to go in the courtroom for a little bit, but you don't really get to see any of the behind-the-scenes stuff unless you go on a tour with somebody who works there. So that's one that if you can get like a behind-the-scenes tour, is like really, really cool. But if you, if you don't, then you kind of just go see some exhibits in the basement, and then maybe you're able to get into the courtroom, maybe not. Right. Um, so... Um, same thing with the Library of Congress, which is which is cool, but you you can only go in the reading room, which is the big, giant room in the middle, like where Nicolas Cage sneaks into <laughs> during, um, uh, during uh, National, National Treasure. Treasure. Yeah, yeah. You, you you can like look into it, but you can't actually go inside unless you're with somebody. Um, I mean, the, the building itself is still cool, the Jefferson Building at the Library of Congress, but um, it's kind of a little disappointing if you if you aren't with somebody because because you can't go into the reading room. You just kind of look inside. Yeah. Um, one thing that um, so I haven't done a White House tour for a while, but um, uh, people do sometimes talk about how the White House tours are like less exciting than perhaps some other things um, because they don't really. It's been a while since I've done it, but I think it's still this way. They don't have tour guides and they don't really have plaques anywhere. So like it's and it's cool like walking through the White House, but you like don't really have any idea what you're looking at because oh, yeah. there's no plaques. And I guess uh, I think that what they have is they have like Secret Service agents kind of positioned in each room, but who can like maybe answer some of your questions. But I mean, I think it's kind of like you walk into like the Blue Room and you'll see something that says Blue Room, but you don't like there's nothing else there, so you don't have anything to give you any context right. for it. Okay. So I have had people tell me that White House tours are kind of disappointing. Obviously, it's really cool to go in the White House, but that you just you don't learn a lot because there's not like a good tour system set up. Yeah, and I'm gonna out you right now, but you interned at the White House back in the day, didn't you? I did back in the day. Yeah. So th- th- <laughs> that's one where again, if you know somebody who who works there um, and who is willing to stay after hours, they can take you on a tour of the West Wing, which that's something that's definitely worth doing um, because you can see like the cabinet room. And the uh, you can't go in it, but you can like look in the Oval Office mm-hmm. uh, and and the Roosevelt Room. You you can like see, so you can't go inside. But you can see where the Situation Room is. Um, so that's pretty cool. But it's you, again, you have to know somebody who works there in order to be able to do that. Yeah, I should have like conned you into taking me on a tour of the West Wing back then. <laughs> 
That would have been great. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what kind of advice would you have for people that are um, visiting DC and just and maybe on a budget or trying to save some money? Well, one nice thing about DC is that a lot of the sites are free. So all of the Smithsonian museums are free. All of the monuments are free. And one of my favorite things to do in DC is to do like a monument walk at night because they have the monuments all lit up, especially when the weather's nice and the monuments are all lit up. It's a really, it's, it's really kind of like pleasant thing to do in the evening. And so I think it's worth it to go, you know, particularly like monuments that you may particularly like. I think it's worth it to go to them during the day and then maybe go back at night to see them at night just because it's kind of a different experience going at night uh, versus during the day. Uh, like I said, the Smithsonian's are free. Um, there are some pay museums in town. Um, but what I would say is, is if you're on a budget, uh, you know, DC is a great place because you know, basically all of the sites that are owned by the government are, are free. Uh, and so you kind of have your pick of things to do that aren't, that aren't too terribly, uh, that aren't too terribly expensive. I mean, Hotels can be kind of expensive. I don't think food is particularly cheap, but um, you know, I think you know you could easily fill several days here in DC without having to pay to visit any sites. Yeah, that's one of the great things about it is you know just some of these amazing museums, especially you don't have to pay a dime for them. Well, at least not directly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've already paid for them throughout the year. Yeah, <laughs> what's the uh, best way to get around DC? Uh, so for most tourists, it's probably going to be the Metro, uh, which has pretty good coverage of most tourist spots. It doesn't go everywhere. Uh, there are some places in Northwest and Northeast DC that it doesn't go to, but most of like the tourist sites in downtown are within walking distance of the Metro. Now, like the Lincoln Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial, it's a little bit of a walk, a little bit of a hike from the Metro, but you know, if, as long as you're open to 20 or three minute walk or whatever, uh, you know, it's doable. Um, the Metro has had some problems in recent years, but I think that those tend to be issues for commuters who are trying to get someplace at a particular time for folks who are tourists and kind of just there to have the experience. I think that, uh, you know, those aren't, uh, those aren't so much issues. Parking can be a challenge in the district. Um, you know, it's like any big city parking's tight and, uh, has kind of a confusing, road layout uh it's it's uh like the 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 layout of the city is is, is nice you know it, wide streets and so forth but there's um there's a lot of diagonal streets a fair number of like circles and roundabouts and so it can be kind of confusing to try and get around just because the streets can be sort of you know diagonal and turn into one way without you expecting and no left turn or no right turn and lots of different things like that um so i would say certainly for somebody who's going to be in DC just for a couple of days, probably going to be sticking mostly to downtown. Uh, you can get around pretty, pretty well with, uh, with the Metro. Yeah. I think I'd be too scared to try to drive in, in the district. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it can take a while just to go a short distance, uh, just cause downtown can be fairly crowded. Right. So, you know, we've done a few of these shows now and most of the cities that we've done, you know, places like New York and Paris and New Orleans, um, have like, kind of iconic foods attached to them. And as I was thinking about DC, I was like, it doesn't on its on its face, at least have a reputation as being like a foodie destination. Um, I mean, what kind of places would you recommend people eat uh, while they're in DC? 
so I think you're right that DC isn't really known for any like particularly distinctive cuisine. If you get out of DC a little ways and go east into Maryland, like towards Annapolis, uh, crab is kind of a big thing. So like crab cakes, uh, which you can get in other places, but like, you know, sort of crab dishes were kind of a, a uh, focus of the cuisine there. But in, in DC itself, kind of, kind of less so. There's, I mean, I guess that there are some sort of well-known local spots. There's a place called Ben's Chili Bowl uh, that's up. Um, I guess it's in Northwest. It's up a binary called the U Street Corridor. Um, it's kind of a well-known place. Uh, there's a place out in Virginia in a kind of an area called uh, Roslyn. I haven't, I haven't actually been to this place. It's called uh, Race Hellburger, which mm. is supposed to be uh, supposed to be pretty good. They have pretty good hamburgers. Um, but let's see. There's a there's a famous restaurant close to the White House called the Old Ebbett Grill. Uh, that just kind of is like sort of standard American fare, but it's been around for a long time, so it's it's uh, so it's fairly well known. Um, but there aren't really like I'd say like a ton of um, of super famous restaurants. There's a restaurant that I've not been to. It's called the Old Tabard Inn, kind of close to Dupont Circle. That's um, somewhat well known. Um, but there are, I mean, there's. There are a lot of good restaurants. Um, I think if you pull up Yelp, you know, just kind of look for most popular places with most reviews. You can find a lot of places. Georgetown has a lot of good restaurants. Um, I think there's there's good places down in down in Virginia too. So, not like a whole lot of like places where you'd be like, oh, you have to go there if you visit DC. Mm. Um, but uh, but the food's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was because I was thinking about this too about when I lived there for you know doing my internship. I was like, okay, the places that I probably ate at the most were Five Guys, Chipotle, and Potbellies, which none of them had. Like, like they didn't have those in Utah where I live now. And so I was super excited about them. But now I've got them here, so it seems less exotic to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, people like to go to Shake Shack, but they have those other places. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place called uh, Good Stuff. It's a hamburger place. There's one up on Capitol Hill. There's one here in Crystal City. It's not too far from where I live. That at least um, uh, uh, I have a lot of friends that that really like it. So I don't know that it's like you know, if you ask like your average Washingtonian, like tell me about good stuff, they they would like you know kind of point it out. But at least among sort of the crowd I run in, it's it's pretty popular. So it's a hamburger place. Nice, nice. Um, so what about good times to visit DC? Like when's a good time of year to go? So the time I think is probably most popular to visit DC is during the Cherry Blossom Festival, mm-hmm. which doesn't always coincide with when the blossoms are actually out. Uh, the blossoms are out for about two weeks during the year, and when they come out kind of depends on how cold the winter is. Mm-hmm. I think it's if it's kind of a, a, a more bitter winter, then they tend to come out later versus if it's a milder winter, then they'll come out earlier. So it's a little bit hard to predict, um, you know, five months in advance when the blossoms are going to come out. I think as you get sort of closer to, to March, they kind of have a, and have a better idea of, of when they're going to peak, but that definitely tends to be a really popular time to visit because the tidal basin, which is where the cherry blossoms are. That's where the Jefferson Memorial is. It's really beautiful during, during cherry blossom season. So that's, a, that's a popular time. Um, summer is kind of miserable because it's really hot and humid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fall is nice. So I would say like spring and fall tend to be the nicest times. Winter's, you know, winter's cold. It's not like as cold as Boston or 
places farther north, but you know, it's still not the best time to visit. So I'd say spring, particularly around the cherry blossom time, and then fall is nice as well. What's it like in DC around like inauguration time or, you know, some of the big bigger federal holidays when they have big events on the mall? So like July fourth is always packed. They they'll do fireworks on the mall and it's just a complete madhouse. Um, they do concerts on the mall on Memorial Day and Labor Day as well, and those tend to be pretty, uh, pretty crowded. Uh, for inauguration, um, inauguration is kind of a special event here, right? So it's every it's every four years. Basically, the city shuts down, um, and uh, if you go to inauguration, it's kind of like you kind of feel like you're in a police state because they'll have barriers <laughs> up around everywhere and tons of security checkpoints everywhere. There's no cars anywhere on the streets. People are just kind of you know, walking around during the middle of the street. So, it, I mean, it's I think it's something worth experiencing just because it's kind of a unique thing. This is the only place that it happens is in D.C. It only happens once every four years, and it's you know kind of neat to see the big um, stage that they build out on the west side of the Capitol, and you know you kind of get all three branches of government together there uh, for inaugurations. So it's definitely it's definitely in, in a uh, sort of a uh, unique event that you don't see anyplace else but it definitely is uh i think it was less busy this year perhaps than um back in 2009 when obama was inaugurated i think i read that the crowds weren't as big this year but it was still it was still pretty crowded cool well any other kind of general tips that you would uh, give for someone who's planning on visiting dc um i would say that for things like doing a White House tour or doing a Capitol tour, uh, definitely worth contacting your senator or representative ahead of time to try and get those tours scheduled. Because I think if you're going to visit D.C., you should try and try and visit the White House and try and visit the Capitol. So I think definitely definitely worthwhile to try and get those scheduled in advance. Um, you can do a tour of the Pentagon. That requires a little bit of advanced planning as well. I've actually never done one of those, but that's one you have to get set up ahead of time as well, I think. I don't know if they still do tours of the FBI building, but I know that back at least when they did do them, you had to set them up ahead of time. So I think one tip I would have is if you're interested in sort of seeing some of the government buildings, check and see uh, whether they need to be, uh, if not necessarily arranged, at least requested uh, requested ahead of time. Um, so I'd say that. Uh, I think one of the nicest things about D.C. is just kind of being out and and walking around, I think that's one reason why it's nice to visit during spring and during fall because it's it's more pleasant. You know, it's it's nice to spend a couple hours just walking down the National Mall, looking at the the monuments or at the museums and so forth. So I think it's definitely worthwhile to sort of um, plan time for walking and just kind of be ready to do a lot of walking generally because uh, you know the metro is helpful. You do you can get around with the metro, but like I said, sometimes it can be a bit of a walk um, from the metro to a particular memorial or a particular museum. So be prepared to walk, but you know, it's, it's a nice place to walk. So that's, uh, so that's not an issue. And I, I'd say too, uh, for those who visit, maybe brush up a little bit on, you know, your, your politics. Cause you know, <laughs> these aren't like Hollywood celebrities we're talking about, but you know, maybe you go to lunch at a restaurant and, and you know, maybe the, some cabinet secretary might be sitting across from you or some member of Congress or something, you know, folks, and not necessarily you're going to recognize, you know, like a Hollywood star, but if you sort of brush up a little bit, you can be like, Oh, that's like some senior government, you know, person that's sitting across from me. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I remember when I was interning in the Senate, I would, uh, 
I remember that I like really wanted to know what all the senators looked like in case I ran into one. <laughs> and and it's cool, you know, you'd see him like you'd be riding that that Senate subway sometimes and you know there's a senator on there with you. It's, it's it can be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, particularly you know some of the some of the senators who are more well known nationally, you know, I think it's fun to be walking around, you know, you'll see I don't know like John McCain or Bernie Sanders or, you know, I don't know, Lindsey Graham, you know, folks who sort of have a national profile that you probably have seen talking on TV. Um, it's kind of fun to see them in person. Yeah. One of my favorite stories that I like to tell is uh, I once got accidentally elbowed by Ted Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was cool. Did he apologize? No, <laughs> he didn't say a word. <laughs> and Chuck Grassley stepped on my foot once. <laughs> well, there you go. So, Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time to, to talk with me about DC. Um, it's been great. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. It's a good place to visit. I yeah. highly recommend it. <laughs> All right. Well, we just want to say a final thank you to Chris Bates um, for being our interviewee this week. Mike had an awesome time talking to him and good time reminiscing about DC. We, we both did. We had a great time with this episode. It was fun. Yeah. We're big fans of DC, and uh, we hope you all get a chance to go visit it someday. And I hope we get to go visit it again soon. Yeah. We someday. Should, we should go back. It'd we need fun. to. But mm -hmm. anyway, if you have any um, questions or comments, we've got a Facebook page. Um, you can reach out to us on our blog, any number of ways. So um, we'd love to hear from you. Love to get your suggestions. If you've been anywhere cool, we want to talk to you about that cool place that you've been or that cool place you've lived. Because the world is a great place, and <laughs> there's lots of cool places, so we want to talk more about it. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, let's go, Lundbergs. <laughs>